Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody, this is Dan Lobby, and welcome to a schedule edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I know we did one of these yesterday looking at some games, but now the schedule is in hand. We're recording this on Wednesday night uh, with the schedule released. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot is on the phone. Scott Patsko is on the phone. Uh, we're doing this from all different locations, so bear with us if, uh, if the audio sounds a little different than usual. But uh, Mary Kay, Scott, how are you guys doing tonight? We're doing great. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing, doing well. We, we, we have a schedule. We have games. We can actually plan some things. And, and we know when this team is playing. And, and you know, we knew who they were going to play. But kind of knowing when those games are, it really does change things, which is why I thought it was uh, a good idea to come back and, and talk about the schedule. Real quick, before we get going, I want to tell everybody about our pre-draft event at the Music Box Supper Club. That is Tuesday night, the 23rd. Believe it or not, the draft is next week. Uh, we're going to be at the Music Box Supper Club. Head over to cleveland.com slash browns uh, and look for that post. You can register for that. And also, we have to mention Project Text as well, which involves Mary Kay Cabot. She will send you text messages. Uh, $3.99 a month. Uh, like I said, Mary Kay does it. It's, it's kind of exclusive content that you're not going to see on the website. You might not see it anyplace else, honestly. Uh, but Mary Kay's doing it. You can also sign up for other writers like uh, Doug Maurice, all our beat writers, uh, Paul Hoynes, Chris Fedor. We got a bunch of news people doing it. Hayden Grove as well. Uh, it's $3.99 a month for, for each writer. So check that out as well. You'll be able to find info on that at cleveland.com slash browns. So with all that housekeeping out of the way, uh, Mary Kay, let's start with you. We're going to kind of be scattershot with this schedule. We're going to talk about things we like, things we didn't like, things, you know, some stretches of the schedule that are most interesting. But your first impression when, when you saw this schedule was kind of the first thing that stood out to you. Well, there's two things that stood out to me at first, and I'm actually doing some takeaways right now uh, on these two things. And that is uh, basically it's very front-loaded with primetime games, three in the first five games, and it's very back-loaded with AFC North games. So it seems like uh, the schedule makers are going to make the Browns prove it late. They're going to give fans what they want early on in the season, let them see a lot of Baker and a lot of Odell. But at the end of the season, the Browns are going to have to prove that they're for real and that they have arrived in the AFC North. And if they're going to win this thing, they're going to have to go through the Steelers and, and the Ravens and, and, they're, you know, and the rest of the AFC North to get there at the very end. Scott, when you saw the schedule, your, your kind of first, what, I mean, what hit you? 
Um, well, it was weird how it was getting kind of leaked out bit by bit. <laughs> so we, we knew some of the big deal, you know, games early. We knew about the primetime games. But um, when I saw the finished product, I think all those AFC North games towards the back of the schedule stood out. It It's weird. I guess it could be looked at good and bad. I mean, if they stumble out of the gate and, and really struggle for whatever reason early on, you still get a lot of swings at the AFC North, and you can kind of work your way back into the division title and make the playoffs. And then on the other hand, if you have injuries at the wrong time, uh, have some people out for whatever reason, um, you go through a rough patch there in weeks, you know, 10 or 11 through 15, 16, somewhere in there. You're, it's doubly bad because those are division games. So it's one or the other it's just a weird way to pack everything together they play the Steelers twice in three weeks I don't I don't know I don't know if that's good or bad but it's weird I yeah I think let's go ahead and talk about that stretch since you brought it up so the Browns play the Steelers on Thursday night November 14th the week before that or the Sunday before not the week before that four days before that they play Buffalo that's actually the first game they could have Kareem Hunt back uh the Buffalo game they play Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh plays the Rams at 425 uh, the game before that. Let me double check here. I had their schedule up. I believe that's a home game for Pittsburgh as well. Um, so there, there's not really a, a travel issue. I'm just going to double check that real quick. So they play the Rams at home the Sunday before they play the Browns. So the Browns are going to be at home. The Steelers only have to travel a couple hours. So there's no big issues there. But then, yeah, you've got Pittsburgh and then – Two games later, you've got Pittsburgh again, this time in a national slot um, in Pittsburgh, Heinz Field, the place that has been a a coach's graveyard. That's really going to set up for either the Browns or Steelers, I think, kind of the the AFC North race. Obviously, the Ravens are going to be involved. And but that those three games, two games over the stretch of three weeks is going to give us a little bit of clarity with each of those two teams as to where they're slotted you know, along with the Ravens as that race heats up. Yeah, you know, I think the interesting thing about uh, the AFC North this year is that you really don't know exactly uh, what the quarterbacks, what the rookie quarterbacks are going to be all about in their second season. Lamar Jackson, I mean, will the league have figured him out a little bit? Will he have figured out how to become more of a throwing quarterback and that relied just uh, as much on running? Uh, will teams have dug into that Baker Mayfield tape enough to find some weaknesses. It didn't look like there were any last year, but are there some and have the defensive geniuses of the league figured out any way uh, to slow him down a little bit? And and can they do so with Beckham now on that roster? The Steelers, I mean, are they going to be better off without Antonio Brown? Are they going to be worse? So you just don't really know what you have with some of these teams yet. So, you know, I, I think it, it, you know, it could come down to those three teams. And I remember talking to John Harbaugh at the at the NFL annual meeting a couple of weeks ago. And I'm telling you right now, he wasn't conceding anything to the Browns. I mean, he almost was taking it uh, personally that, you know, I was asking him and other people were asking him about these great Cleveland Browns. And he was almost a little tongue-in-cheek when he said, we've got the most talent in the division, uh, but let's see who's still standing at the end. They are conceding nothing, nothing to the Cleveland Browns despite the star-studded lineup. Yeah, and and Scott, kind of continuing down that AFC North path, I'm looking at the Steelers here. Um, After they play that second Browns game, they don't play an AFC North game until Baltimore in the finale. They're at Baltimore. 
Um, the Ravens, uh, kind of the same setup. They've got the Browns on the 22nd in Cleveland, and then they, they play Pittsburgh, obviously, on the 29th. But, um, you know, it is interesting if we kind of boil it down to Browns, Steelers. And, and again, Mary Kay, you said, the Ravens, I think, are going to be, as long as Lamar Jackson can continue to develop, they're going to be in this race as much as anybody. Uh, but just looking at it from that Brown Steelers perspective, it is interesting that the Browns are so AFC North heavy and the Steelers are not really uh, at, at that last month of the season. And, and really towards the end of the year, health is such a big issue. And we saw that last year when the, the Browns got their shot at Carolina, Cam Newton, you know, could barely throw the ball. And, and even with the Bengals, uh, Andy Dalton gets hurt in that game. I mean, they were five and five at that point. Um, you know, he goes out and then they just fall off a cliff. So if you catch teams at the right time, it, it matters. And who the healthier teams are in the division is going to matter because of, of all these times that the Browns are facing them down the stretch. Well, when you bring that up, Scott, one thing that brings to mind is remember last year, obviously, the big flap that played out on hard knocks about resting veterans in in training camp and Hugh kind of wanted to do that and Freddie Kitchens was actually the first one that suggested that might not be that great of an idea and you know Todd Haley of course 100% agreed with him on that and um, so it will be very very interesting to see how that plays out and how some of the different coaches that are all coming together on Freddie Kitchens staff uh, what their philosophy on that is because obviously again when you look at this schedule like you said, Scott, too, the, the health of the Cleveland Browns is going to be vital in those last seven games when they have five AFC North games, uh, those double games in, the, in that last stretch of the season. They really need to be healthy uh, to be able to pull this off. Now, now, the really good news for the Browns, though, is, you know, Pittsburgh and Baltimore aside, in the second half, they've got Buffalo, who – yeah. You know, I, I don't want to write off Buffalo. That's a team that last year could upset some people, and I know they want to take a step forward this year. The Browns should be favored in that game. You know, we'll, we'll see kind of where Buffalo and Josh Allen are uh, when that comes to town. But, but going beyond that, they've got Miami, Cincinnati twice, and Arizona. Um, the second half of the schedule is very friendly to the Browns when, when you take away the Pittsburgh, the two Pittsburgh games and the Baltimore game. The rest of that schedule is pretty friendly. So let's kind of focus on – the real headline grabbers though. Let's look at that first half of the schedule. And um, what, one of the breaks the Browns kind of got is they get Seattle early ish in the season. And, and that's a team that tends to hit its stride in November and December, although they're still, that's still a, a bear of a matchup, no matter when you play them. And then they get their bye before they have to go play new England, which, which I think is, you don't ever have an advantage when you go play the Patriots in their building, but that at least helps you a little bit to have a, a little extra time to prepare. Um, Mary Kay, what did you think of kind of that, that first half of the schedule where, you know, that's really where you've got the behemoths on this thing. Well, yeah. I mean, when you look at it, obviously you've got the two Super Bowl participants in the first half of the schedule. You've got the Rams and, you know, you've got the Patriots there, and that's very difficult. And then when you look at the San Francisco 49ers, let's not forget that Jimmy Garoppolo should be coming back. Now, again, uh, that'll be, you know, kind of early on in the season. And sometimes when you're coming off uh, a torn ACL like that, you're not always yourself right away. But if, if he's ready to go, uh, that is not going to be a walk in the cake, as Butch Davis used to say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and you know, the thing about um, – 
the thing about having the bye week, it is going to be very, very good uh, to be able to have that extra little bit of time to prepare for the for the New England Patriots because you know, and I, I we talked about this on the podcast yesterday, you know that Bill Belichick is really going to be circling the whole Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham thing in red on, on his calendar. He's going to be ready for those guys. He's working on it now probably already. I mean, there's no way that he's going to be, uh, you know, it, let himself uh, get caught off guard by, you know, by these Cleveland Browns. So, uh, yeah, some of those games early on, and again, you know, Russell Wilson just becoming the uh, highest paid player in the NFL in, in the early going there, and he's going to have a lot to prove in that game. You know, Sam Darnold versus uh, versus Baker Mayfield. That you know, there's really good storylines everywhere. And then, of course, you've got the Baltimore Ravens. And we, you know, who can forget how uh, the season ended there with Lamar versus Baker? So lots and lots of intrigue in the first half. And, and Scott, kind of the flip side of that, having the bye uh, going into the New England game. I, I, I'm just looking at it now. Uh, Seattle has to play a 1 p.m. game on the East Coast, which is 10 a.m. their time. But they've got a Thursday night game the week before against the Rams. So they actually get to do that on 10 days rest when they come to Cleveland. They actually, it wouldn't surprise me if they end up coming out to Cleveland a few days early uh, to, to kind of adjust. So, you know, while the Browns get that bye week before they play the Patriots, the Seahawks, who are really good to begin with, they kind of get, they get 10 days before they come to Cleveland to play the Browns. I mean, these are sort of the things you look at when you're, when you're trying to figure these games out, that that early portion of the schedule is, is pretty tough. Yeah. I think that's the Seahawks and the Patriots. I know that the, the buys in there, but that, that kind of stood out. Those, that those two games in the Rams, I think are the, the three games where you know what you're going to get. Those are going to be tough opponents. Everybody else on the Browns schedule has, has a question. Even, I mean, the 49ers, we don't know what they're going to be. Um, you know, there's no guarantees that, that they'll rebound in a big way from last year. Um, you don't know. Uh, and, and most of these other teams are just, there's, there's big questions, but with the Seahawks, the Patriots and the Rams, you can kind of have a, a good idea of what you're getting. I think the bye week, ideally it would have been week nine because then you, you have Kareem Hunt coming back and with, uh, with an extra week to, to kind of get ready for his first game. But I think the, the second choice would probably be before that Patriots game and having the extra week to kind of get ready for that. Um, you know, one thing about that stretch, they have the Seahawks game is, is at home, but they have two road games before that. And then two road games after it. Yep. Um, that that's going to be an interesting stretch to see how they handle that. You have the one Monday nighter against the Niners in there, um, you know, at the Ravens, at the Patriots, at the Broncos, so they can come out of that uh, in good shape. Then, uh, you know, then you're going into that back half of the season, like you said earlier, against some teams that you're not really expecting to be uh, world beaters at that point. You know, I, you, again, you don't know what you're going to get with a lot of teams, but judging from what we know now, uh, that, that back half of the schedule doesn't look daunting. Yeah, that, that, that Seahawks game keep, keeps looking scarier on paper to me the, the more we talk about it, because you mentioned it. The Browns have the Monday night game at San Francisco the week before. So they're already working on a short week. They're not going to get back until Tuesday morning at four or 5. AM. You know, like I said, Seattle's got, got 10 days off. So um, that, that, that's going to be a tough game. Um, 
let's talk about the opener. That was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Odell Beckham thought it was going to be yeah. the Jets. He got a lot of other people thinking it was going to be the Jets. It turns out to be the Titans. Uh, Scott, you can go first on this one. When we found out it was going to be Tennessee, what did, what did you think? A home game against the Titans. A, a game that I think all of us kind of looked at yesterday and said, eh, that's not really a marquee matchup. Yeah, yeah. Is Odell's credibility shot now? I mean, do we <laughs> – how does this impact what he tells us the rest of the year? Uh, yeah, I guess, um, you know, on the one hand, maybe you want a, a big bang coming out of the out of the gate. But on the other hand, getting a team at home that I think you go in reasonably expecting to win. I, th- I think I saw some odds on, on Twitter saying that the Browns are opening at, at minus four in that game. Uh, so, yeah, I think they would have every reason to believe they can go into that game and win. And it's been – 14 straight games without a win in week one for the Browns. Um, and prior to last year, it was 13 straight without, with, with the loss. So changing that uh, to start this season uh, would be huge. And I think best case scenario, if you go into that Rams game on Sunday night in week three at two and zero, I think looking at the, the beginning of the season, that's a definite possibility. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing about Tennessee and, and Mary Kay, we'll, we'll ask you about this as well Tennessee went nine and seven last year that's not a they're not a bad team I, I don't know if we should write off Tennessee as some kind of bad team my spin zone here is like I said you know we did our podcast looking at the games before we knew the, the times and stuff we all kind of shrugged off Tennessee I don't think anybody's excited about the, the Tennessee Titans matchup at home and now that game's going to be a big party because fans have been excited about this team. This is going to be their first chance to see them. They get a home opener like they all wanted. It kind of works out that a game that was sort of going to be shrugged off as just a, a 1 p.m. yawn of a matchup. It, it, there's going to be a lot of excitement in Cleveland for it, Mary Kay. What, I mean, what did you think when, when Tennessee was the opener? Well, you know, I, I think the first reaction is, uh, you know, that it was a little bit of a letdown uh, when everybody one was expecting one of these big, sexy marquee matchups. So it, it had a little bit of a, you know, wind out of the sails feel to it to me at first. But, you know, then again, when, when you start to dig a little deeper, uh, it's another one of those situations where you're going to have Mike Rabel coming back here to Ohio and, you know, someone that came up under Bill Belichick and defensively really knows how to dig into that film and prepare for, uh, a quarterback such as Baker Mayfield and Odell. And I mean, by the time they get to that game, they will have heard so much hype <laughs> about the Cleveland Browns, right? I mean, there are a lot of teams that are gunning for the Browns because uh, they're already so sick of hearing about how good the Browns are going to be this year. So I think the Titans are going to come in uh, with that chip on their shoulder, ready to go. You know that Mike Brabel is going to want to have a good showing uh, here against the Cleveland Browns. And again, he's going to have the whole offseason uh, to actually study that tape and, and come up with, with something for these guys. So, um, so yeah, I think there's a little bit more to it. And like you said, they went 9-7 and seven last season. It's not like uh, there's some pushover or anything like that. So I, I think there will be uh, plenty to, to get excited about for fans for that game. Yeah, I, th- I, think, it's a good, I think it's a good opening week test. I, I think – you know, there was all this talk about maybe, you know, the Jets on a Monday night would have been interesting. But even before that, there was talk about maybe playing New England on, on Sunday night football um, in, in the opener. And I, I think you're just asking so much. You know, the Browns kind of get to go into this opener. They're playing a team that is, 
you know, can be a tough team, but they're not an unbeatable team. Um, they're, you know, like I said, they went nine and seven last year. Best case scenario this year, probably if Marcus Mariota stays healthy is they'll go eight and eight or nine and seven. So that's the type of team you're looking at. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's a good opener for the Browns. It, it's a, it's a good test against a well-coached team, but it's not like you're going up against some sort of juggernaut. No, and the Titans have been nine and seven the last three years, and I don't think they've. I was just looking at their schedule or their past history. They haven't won ten games in over a decade, so it's a team still trying to find its way. I think the the bottom line here is the Browns get to open at home, and that's the the big win for the Browns. It, they get to start this season at home with their crowd, and really, no matter who they're playing, is, is would have been coming into a, a, a pretty pretty boisterous atmosphere at first energy stadium in week one. Mary Kay, you were about to say something there too. Yeah. I was going to say that, that is going to be electric. The other thing uh, that that I keep thinking when I look at this schedule is, uh, you know, I think we all think of, you know, the Bengals have somehow become sort of a laughing stock or whatever, but you know, Tyler Eifert's going to be back for them. AJ Green's going to be back for them. Uh, Andy Dalton was not healthy at the end of last year. I mean, I think they started out like four and one or something like that last year. So uh, they've got a new head coach. Obviously, they have a lot of work to do on defense. But, you know, I don't know that that, that they're going to be as much of a pushover as they were last year. Now, I'm not saying that I think they're going to, you know, necessarily jump in there and and contend for uh, the AFC North. But I, I don't think that... Uh, it's going to be as easy to beat them as it was last year. Yeah, I I think that's fair. I think we do need to be careful. Uh, You know, obviously, look, in April, everyone's optimistic. The schedule comes out. Browns fans are so excited. Um, But, you know, I guess this is the part of the podcast where we kind of have to be careful and and make sure that that we remind everyone that, yes, the Browns finished 5-3 and last year, but they also beat teams that weren't good bad defenses the good defenses they played they lost to for the most part you know Baker Mayfield threw six interceptions against the Texans and the Ravens combined so you know those are things to keep in mind it's fair to get excited about this team and and fans should really get excited about this team um but at the same time it's always going to be wait and see I mean Scott you said it earlier we don't actually know how hard this schedule is going to be because maybe Cincinnati is a better team than we think you know, maybe Russell Wilson gets hurt in week two, and all of a sudden that's not as difficult of a, of a game as we thought. A lot of things change between now and September. You know, maybe somebody on the Browns gets hurt, and that changes our expectations for the Browns. So many things can happen between now and the opener. Um, it, it is important to kind of point out that this Browns team hasn't actually done anything. They, they haven't actually won any games that matter yet. And, and, you know, I've harped on this so often, and I'm sure I drive people crazy with this, but, and and the Browns have improved considerably from a talent standpoint since the end of last season. But again, in those last, uh, in those last eight games of last season, or the last seven games, I think it was, um, 10, 10 of Baker's 19 touchdown passes came against the Falcons and, and the Bengals. And those, those were just some really poor, defenses and I, I don't think uh you know that you can count on things being quite that easy again I mean at, at that point I mean they're not playing the Falcons but I mean that they're just 
things are going to be different this year in terms of some of the teams that they're playing and some of the things that they're going to be seeing. And again, teams will have film on these rookie quarterbacks, which brings us to another point, And that is, that's another thing that jumps out at me about the schedule. We talked about it again on yesterday's podcast was that um, the Browns are facing, you know, the pretty much the whole top quarterback class of 2018. And you just don't know what kind of a jump those guys are going to make or not make in their second season. I mean, how good, like you said, how good is Josh Allen going to be in his second year? Nobody really knows yet. Sam Darnold, Uh, Josh Rosen, he'll probably be traded in for Kyler Murray. So that game could be very, very interesting depending on how he plays in his first season. And, um, and then you've got um, again, Lamar Jackson and everyone has to see what the, um, what the Ravens have in store for him in terms of how they're going to turn him into more of a complete quarterback. So lots of things to think about for next year. Yeah. They, I mean, you know, on the one hand, you give the Browns credit for doing what they were supposed to do last year against those teams. Like you're supposed to score a bunch of points and you're supposed to beat some of those teams by double digits. And they did. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, again, and, and they've said this themselves, Freddie Kitchens has said it, players have said it. They, they still have a lot to prove and, and, Scott, we're going we're gonna to see it early. We're going to see what this team is made of very early. Yeah, and I think the, the – the, uh, not to <laughs> – kind of took a, a Debbie Downer turn here on this <laughs> podcast with uh, telling people to pull back. But I think one thing that, that fans can uh, uh, maybe be optimistic about is the fact that all that stuff happened in Baker Mayfield's rookie season and that – uh, that that run at the end of the year came with Freddie Kitchens calling the plays, and that there's that continuity there, and that yeah, they they weren't facing the best teams that they were going to face all year, let you know down the stretch, but they were they were seeing their quarterback kind of come into his own during that time. You know, obviously you don't want to see him fail in those games, so you you got like you said, you got the most out of everything you could positively. And they, they did what they were kind of supposed to do. So you're getting that continuity coming into this season. So it's not really starting over. It's kind of building off that. And I guess the next logical step would be to then not throw three interceptions against the good teams and, and not, not have your, your worst outing against those teams. So it's kind of take that next step and, and make sure you're competitive against the top talent. And, and part of why everyone is so excited is because we saw that at the end of the year. And it is believable that, hey – there's still the arrow is definitely pointing up here by the way another little nugget here when we when we talk about the schedule I was curious so the Browns have that bye before they go to New England New England plays a Monday night game the week before that so see things are there are some things in this schedule that that did sort of fall the Browns way um when uh when it came out so it's going to be it's going to be really interesting uh the, the schedule the reason people were so excited about it is because 2019 should be a really fun year for this football team. I mean, for all that, that Debbie Downer stuff, I, I, I went on a show <laughs> earlier. You can find it on our site and I made a, a much bolder prediction than I expected. We're not going to do predictions on this podcast. You got to go watch that video. If you want to see my prediction, uh, because I, I, you know, I made it because they asked me to, but I, I don't love early season, early predictions in April, especially before the draft. Uh, much, much like I think the, the two of you. Um, real quickly, though, before we sign off, we're, we're running out of time here. Um, is, is there anything we missed, Mary Kay, when you look at the schedule? Is there anything that we, that we didn't get to 
that stands out to you that, that you want to talk about that, that we can look at when, once those takeaways post? Yeah, you know what? In addition to the four primetime games that they have, uh, the NFL has also made them the game of the week twice. Uh, so they will be the CBS 425 game of the week that most of the country will watch uh, when they play the Patriots and when they play the Steelers. So I think uh, some people were a little bummed out that they didn't get the maximum of five night games. They can also be flexed into another night game at the end of the season uh, if they are as good as everyone thinks they're going to be. So uh, the whole world, you know, the whole nation will have plenty of opportunity. They were clamoring for Baker and Odell and the NFL delivered. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm wondering how hard CBS fought to keep that New England game. I think that's important to remember, that some of these games maybe didn't end up on primetime because the network said, no, we want this game for our national slot. And that New England game at 425 on October 27th might have been one of those games where CBS said, no, you, you guys can't have that one for primetime. Scott, anything we missed on this schedule? Anything you wanted to talk about before we, we wrap up here? Uh, nothing on the schedule, um, but the – even though we're not doing the schedule game, I did ask readers to do it tonight. Um, I put up a post pretty much telling them to have at it and uh, gave them every possible uh, one loss record, you know, excluding ties that the Browns could have in 2019. And the winner so far with 32% of the vote is 10 and six. So maybe a little more conservative than I would have thought from uh, a fan base. that's obviously really excited. Um, that's followed by 11 and five and then nine and seven. Um, one, uh, let's see, nine votes for 16 and 0. So you got some believers out there. I think Doug Lay Maurice, our colleague, is, is all about 12 and 4. He is. Um, that's the fourth best. So, so everybody sees uh, a good season. I was just kind of surprised to see 10 and 6 kind of leading the pack right now, but maybe that'll change. Well, you know, Browns fans are feeling good, and, and it's. it's great to see. It's part of why covering this team this year is going to be a lot of fun because, uh, it, you know, my favorite part of this job is covering the games. And now that we know the games and the times and, and you know, it's, it's exciting to kind of think about, you know, where we could be, where we could be sitting on November 24th, you know, okay. That was a bad choice. Cause I just looked and that was Miami where we could be sitting on December 1st. <laughs> we're in the Heinz field press box waiting for that 425 start thinking about what, what the storylines are and, and, and where this team could be going. Um, it, it's a lot of fun to think about. And I know fans are, uh, Fans are excited about that. So we wanted to get this kind of uh, schedule Orange and Brown Talk podcast out to all of you. John Dorsey press conference coming on Thursday, his pre-draft press conference. Uh, so watch for all kinds of coverage on that at cleveland.com slash Browns. Of course, Scott's poll is up there. I did a little game-by-game -game breakdown of um, each game. Uh, Mary Kay has the schedule story, and I know you're going to do some takeaways here coming up uh, a little later here on, uh, on Wednesday night. So make sure you check all of that stuff out at cleveland.com slash browns. That's going to do it for us, for Mary Kay and Scott. Thanks for listening, everybody.